Hi, how are you? I know it's midweek for some and then that work week, we can get a little bit bogged down and get to Wednesday and think, hey, I am ready for the weekend. But since we're in today, let's be in today. I have some things that I want to share with you. I'm your host, Chana, also known as Miss Hawkins. And that Miss Hawkins comes from the fact that I am in the classrooms teaching at times. So I want to be able to share with you what I said we were going to cover. The first lesson, lesson one out of this set of episodes of the seven lessons is on sustainability. I hope that you are doing well today. Did you think about it enough? Okay, great. So if you are doing well today, we're going to go ahead and get right into this. So I want to come from a perspective here that gives a little bit of a definition and share a scenario, some signs to watch for. And I'm going to share kind of the lessons that I got out of this along the way. But first, let's talk about sustainability in the corporate arena, in um, efforts that are in education and even in community or youth work. There are differing definitions of sustainability. So just to give you an idea of a backdrop, uh, I did do youth work for a long time, you know, several years. I've also taught in the classroom uh, in various uh, grades over the years. And I've also had jobs uh, in public service, working in local government departments, and then also being in departments that consecutively we're experiencing cuts at the city level, the county level, and then also experiencing uh, budget cuts specifically, which then translate into staffing cuts, which also then translate into programming cuts because you don't have the staff to maintain those programs or to what? Sustain them. So one of the things that I just thought about as we begin here is in that budget process, how do you prioritize what stays and what goes. This is the same thing when it comes to companies. And I know companies had to make a lot of hard decisions even in this year, 2020, because of the circumstance that we were put in globally uh, with this pandemic. Um, Even prior to that, and even after this, companies, organizations, whether for-profit or non-profit, are going to have to consider what stays and what goes. Um, There will be times of plenty, and sometimes there will be times of lean, but in both of those, what is priority? What is this organization, company, or business in place to do? What is this local government department or even state government or federal government department in place to do? And is it something that needs to stay consistently over time? When we talk about the very basic definition of sustainable, it's something that is capable of being sustained, you know? And then what does it mean to sustain something? It's just that it's maintained at length without interruption or weakening. And we know that with budget cycles, um, and again, this was something that I very much so learned being in those government departments that there will be interruptions actually and there will be weakening sometimes of services because of budget cuts and I know in our local community here uh, in the state of Michigan there was also major employers over the years that were leaving there were um, sharings uh, revenue sharings that started to dry up between the state government and the local um, 
municipalities. And so services little by little by little, and in some cases in big chunks were just being cut. But we have to think about what is supposed to be sustained. What do we value in, in, um, in terms of uh, what we think should be sustained. And especially when it comes to I'm learning uh, in business and seeing the responses uh, just this year since the pandemic of, you know, corporations now wanting to put money behind cultural efforts, behind diversity, diversity, belonging and inclusion, diversity, equity, all of these different efforts are they going to be sustainable? So let's take a look here because corporate sustainability deals with a business approach that creates long-term shareholder value um, by embracing opportunities and then managing um, managing risks that derive from economic, environmental, and social developments. This is a definition that is from an investment corporation. Um, generally online, Wiki uh, Wikipedia has... Uh, that corporate sustainability creates long-term consumer and employee value by creating a quote-unquote green strategy aimed toward the natural environment and taking into consideration every dimension of how a business operates and what is called the three main pillars or the triple bottom line uh, of social, cultural, and economic environments. And then also to phrase that triple bottom line, it's also called people, profit, and planet. So that's kind of the, the larger scope. And I did share that I wanted to focus on the people part because this is where the lesson came in for me. This is where the culture and the character and the commitment really stood out to me when we were going through those cycles of budget cuts. And even before then, looking at making those hard decisions of what stays and what goes. But before I go there, I also do want to share that when we are considering um, corporate social responsibility, these are the big pushes now of corporate investment in communities. Uh, I know that we had a major pharmaceutical comp uh, company uh, corporation in our area, in our county. And when it left, it left pretty much a nice sinkhole in terms of funding because there was corporate giving that was going on between that entity and the government. Um, we also at one point had Ford. We also had Chrysler here. And, you know, these are major employers that are no longer here. So then the landscape starts to look different because you have shuttered buildings. The um, amount of community activities that were going on and connections to these major corporations went down, like dwindled down to, to almost nothing. Um, and it's not that work isn't going on. So please no one go to the place where you're thinking, well, that we are doing great community work. That's not the point. The point is when you have these corporate social responsibility programs that are going and then the corporation leaves, a lot of times those are not sustained. Sometimes there will be, um, you know, a, a monetary transfer from that corporation to the local government on the way out. But in general, that way of life and even the businesses that were built up or that were receiving customers and revenue being generated from that larger entity being there, that is largely gone. And so oftentimes things are not sustained in that case. 
when we look at sustainability in the realm of education, though, it is about teaching those principles and practices of social, cultural, um, the economic, and then even looking at the environment and how we're using resources. When it comes to community work and um, even like, for example, youth programs, which I do have experience in, uh, one of the definitions that comes to the forefront is that sustainability is the capability or the capacity of uh, programs to continue to respond to the identified community needs. So a sustained program then maintains a focus that's consistent with its origin, its original goals and objectives, including the individuals. And in this case, it was uh, children, youth, and families. As an example, um, the individuals, families, and communities that it was originally intended to serve. Some of these programs will contract, others will expand, others will maintain uh, what they have been doing originally. But here's what I appreciated, at least about the commitment to defining sustainability. It's also retaining the goal of supporting those who are originally the intended recipients. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but those programs that align with other organizations and institutions, excuse me, institutions, uh, while others maintain their independence, even though that can be happening, the focus is still on that original goal, the benefits and, and why we are doing what we're doing is continue it. That is what is sustained regardless of the, the kind of activities that are delivered. So when I look at sustainability I focus on the people part because that's been a lot of where my lessons have been and I don't want to get too stuck in environmental things because there is even when I hear I was talking with uh, the family plumber a few years back and being that I have some experience in science and I've used some of the very tools uh, and and witnessed even uh, the development of like the reverse osmosis skid in other words, the filtration system for um, taking impurities out of water. And I literally saw them taking food color, literally filtering it that fine to remove food color from water. And I hear people saying, we're going to run out of water. We're running out of water. And I'm like, we're not running out of water. And he says, yeah, but now mind you, he served in the military and I just realized even in this moment, the fact that I'm talking to a plumber as well. Um, <laughs> that was, that was an interesting dynamic and definitely not in a bad way. It was, it was all right. Um, but the fact that he also works with water, he said, yeah, but you understand the people, uh, not that we can't take salt out of water because there's plenty of salt water in the earth. He said, as people don't want to pay for it, it becomes a cost issue. So when I, again, when I think about sustainability, I think about character, I think about commitment and then also the value, what value do we place on people? What value do we place on our resources because sustainability also deals with how we treat our resources which again especially when I hear the water the water argument that we're running out of water and getting people afraid and all you know stirred up we have plenty of water it's will we choose to use our resources in such a way that we can access that water and then will our behaviors be in such a way that we don't pollute the water i know this summer though we had very little activity that was going on and beaches were shut down um 
at the beaches, they were shut down. The parks a lot were shut down and we weren't even really using the water, but we're still seeing all these algae blooms. And in our local area, we were told, don't touch the water. There's major algae blooms, but that's coming because of not that we're running out of water, but because of pollution in the water, because of how we're treating the very resources that already are in place for our lives to be sustained. That was already put in place from the very beginning. And just so that you know, I am Christian and I do believe that everything that we have in the earth, every resource that we have in the earth, if we use it with wisdom, it's not going to be depleted because we still need to be able to live. We still need to be able to breathe. We still need to be able to eat, you know. So these things, um, and again, I, I use that water argument because so many people have been so afraid. Like we're running out of water. And I've seen this even in instructing children, young people, and getting them involved as activists and getting them involved as um, in these movements. And really what they're being used to do is to lobby for adult agendas. Um, but again, when we step back and we look at all of the vast resources that are in the earth, yes, there are people who are lacking resources, but it's not because they're not there. It's what our character and our commitment is going to be to use them. So with that, I want to share a little bit about the backstory, um, an experience that I had and an exchange that I had with a colleague at one point in time. And I remember we were talking about efforts. So in corporations, there may be projects that need to be managed in youth work and organizational nonprofit um, that arena, we have programs in the classrooms, in the, the higher ed and even K through 12 systems. We have educational efforts that we launch initiatives. And are we going to keep them up? And so as we were talking, um, this colleague and I, the comment came back. And I'll start with a comment for a purpose that was well, not sustainable. And the part that is not sustainable is a reflection when that comment was made what I heard and the way that I heard it was first of all that didn't seem to be true how could it be not sustainable in other words any program that that comes forth how could it not be sustainable when you have another area that is completely sustainable and it has been sustained and so it really got me reflecting at that point to say okay if this is not sustainable, why? What's the issue that happened that it wasn't sustainable? And one thing that I learned in that moment, and this is something to watch for because oftentimes we hear this language and it's veiled language. And then sometimes it's just upfront language that will tell you why it is that within a corporation, within a company, even a small business, why something is not happening that could be. And especially when it comes to your employees and listening to what ideas that they have. The it's not sustainable for me when I heard it translated into we don't want to commit to it lasting. We're only going to do enough just to keep a little bit going. And then when we don't invest properly, then we can say it's not sustainable. See, we tried. And that's a concern that I have, and I'm not the only one, absolutely not the only one with what we're seeing now with these corporate investments. I had uh, I heard a man online, and in this moment, I don't remember his name, 
who basically is calling out the difference in terms of internal organization commitment to developing program areas, to developing their staff of giving something like a hundred million here or a thousand dollars there or 500,000 here or $10,000 there to do anything around anything that's related cultural that is not of what we consider to be the dominant culture or white culture or those who may be of the greater privilege who sit around the board um, table and make the decisions on behalf of the company or the organization. And one of the criticisms that I heard, and I've experienced this, is you will put a certain amount of money towards something that you don't really value, but you're doing it just to be compliant or to make it present well. Because again, remember that we have that corporate social responsibility move that has been going on. So yes, you can say, I've put some money behind it. We've put $10,000 into the community. We've given those minority, and I did use those words, and I do not appreciate hearing them, but I have heard them, those minority efforts, those at-risk efforts, those urban efforts, all of these little key words that really do separate the, I have the resources folks from how they perceive those who they are giving the resources to. And so his, his contrast was certainly around having those small million dollar investments to those who are looked upon as minorities or persons of color or however, um, the people that are part of their diversity initiative are called and named but then when it comes to any other corporate pushes you've got billions of dollars being invested into companies and being invested into cultural practices of um the businesses so when i heard these things again it ties into how are we going to be in our character and our commitment when we have an organization that's a nonprofit how do we decide what work gets done? I have the remembrance of um, a nonprofit that came into our area some years ago. And I had young people who were uh, work I was working with at the time. And one who was extremely smart, extremely perceptive, has so many gifts and talents in her. And she was a teenager at the time. She actually we attended a meeting together to, to hear this presentation about this um, nonprofit that was from out of our county wanting to come into, right, the urban areas that need help um, to be able to fix what's going on in their community kind of effort. That's how she perceived it. We were sitting at a table and these were this was a youth adult partnership activity and there were adults in the room who have consistently worked with young people. There were young people in the world in the room who have a voice and who wanted to be heard. I remember the leadership looking at me and this does tie into sustainability. So, so bear with me when I share this with you, she looks at me and she looks at the teen next to me and tells us to both go in the group together as if, the teenager that I was with didn't really have the ability to speak. I quickly looked at the teenager and I said, mm -mm, you go over there because we're here to learn and to hear. And especially when you go into these smaller breakout groups, 
uh, similar to when you have corporate divisions that are meeting, you have different conversations. Sometimes you have a different makeup of people and you might hear usually nine times and 10 times out of nine times out of 10, you will hear very differing perspectives. So we came back together. And again, this was around a social issue that was considered at risk behavior for adults in the community. And I heard this young lady at the time, she raises her hand to speak. And again, the adults in the room were looking at me. She has a mouth, she can speak, she has a mind. And this also speaks to how we treat and value people. But she spoke up and she said, listen, you all come into our communities you have your efforts, you have these initiatives, you come in with your grants and you want to solve all of our problems. She said, listen, I know this issue. And of course I'm paraphrasing. I know this issue and I know it by heart because I've lived this issue. I have family members that are dealing with this issue. So when you come in, you do all of your great work, you get your numbers, you get your celebrations, you get your accolades, and then you go back home to your nice communities. She said, when you go home, we still have to be here. Hmm. My hope is that that cut to that woman and that team and that leadership that came from outside of the community, I hope that cut to their core. Because I know I heard it. I was sitting next to her, but it wasn't just the fact that she was talking that I heard her. I'm hearing her concern about how people get treated. And then when things don't work out, what do we hear on the back end? Well, I guess it's not sustainable. See, we have to consider why we enter into a program, a project, or an initiative, whether it's corporate, small business, youth group, whether we are talking nonprofit or for-profit. What is the purpose for what we are doing? And when we consider who is supposed to benefit what is supposed to benefit? Because again, when we have clean air, we all benefit. We can breathe properly. When we have clean water, we can drink without any fears of being poisoned, right? When we can, you know, take care of our environment and are responsible with what we do. So that's the what part. There's what that we can take care of in our initiatives, but the people ultimately are still who gets to benefit at the end of these efforts. So the approach that you take must be with the end in mind. And yes, for-profit businesses are in place to make money. It's for-profit, right? Nonprofits though, there are some that are absolutely just as well off as corporate entities. When you have thousands and millions of dollars that are cycling through these entities. But what is the common factor? People. Another common factor is that these people are stakeholders, whether it is in the local community where a business wants to enter in or a organization um, leader, an organization leader who wants to bring their programming in. Have you met with the stakeholders? And I would first say, have you looked internally at who your stakeholders are? Oftentimes you will hear, and this was just in the news this week, you have a major corporation where one entity bought out the other. There were some issues before this one company bought the other. And so you have the issue 
in some of these businesses where people are then going on strike. And what is that usually for? We're not being heard. We're not being cared for. We don't feel valued. And if we don't feel valued, then why are we showing up? We have to remember that people are more than the wages that we pay them and way more of value than the bottom line, the profits that they are in place to help that business bring in. And even those who are in the nonprofit world, we still have to generate revenue to get done what we want to get done, right? And that's for schools, that's for social um, nonprofit organizations and the like. It all matters. Like, who are your stakeholders? Do you listen to your employees? Because when you set out to do a program, when you set out to do a project, You want to make sure that you can sustain it. You want it to last. You want to not be the the entity that comes back and says, well, it's not sustainable because you didn't invest properly in the first place. Whose view is being considered and whose input is valued in your organization? Again, for profit or nonprofit. Because the one thing that I experienced when I heard that, well, it's not sustainable, I can look at the numbers. You can look at staff allocation. You have 20 staff that are dedicated to what's already in place. You start a new initiative, you put two people on that, and you give them a $10 budget. And then you tell them that they also have to do the work of everybody else. You keep your employees stuck in other duties as as assigned. These are things and signs that I definitely could see were on the table and something to watch out for. But the solution comes in and being able to look, can we sit and have a conversation about the ideas that we have? So you have to look then at the value and the voice. You have to look at, are you being reactive or proactive? You have to also take a look at what is the company's value? What is your organization culture? Whose opinion is listened to? And do you value what the input is? I mean, have any of you, I know I have, it's not a new thing where somebody asks you the question and they have the answer already, or they send out a survey to find out your opinion, but they already have a project or a program ready to implement. It was a formality to say that they collected it or even that practice that absolutely happens in um, hiring and recruiting where you already have someone that you have in mind for the position, but just to be legally compliant, some entities are required to put that post out publicly. But what does that do for your talent? What does that do for your organization when you have people who, one, internally have ideas, and then two, there are other people who could be brought on board. What does your board look like? Does everybody have the same cultural values? And I don't mean something so off the wall that, no, they it's just not compatible with the scope of the work. So you need to think about, these are things that we all need to think about in organizations and businesses moving forward. Do you value your staff? Do you sit down and have meetings with your Um, organization? Do you sit and have customer focus groups? That is something where you start to realize it can be sustainable and you don't stay in the excuse that we don't have the funding. Or if we do have the funding, it's only, again, just to have an image outside the organization that looks like you're being responsible. It, 
you know, in, in the word for us who are Christians, we know people by their fruits, what you demonstrate. You can look at someone's giving corporate giving. You can look at their bottom line. You can look at their boardroom. And I, I admit I do this when I go to websites, I go and I click to see who are the partners, who's on the board. And the same thing within churches, who are the administrators? You have this, what's called maybe a multicultural church, but then who's on the board? Hmm. A similar and same culture. So whose voice is being heard? And then when we think about our employees, our staff, and those are the greatest resources that we do have. These are people with gifts, talents, and abilities. These are the people with solutions. These are the people who want to be heard. And I guarantee you, most people are not just there for a paycheck when they're treated as if they're valuable beyond that paycheck that you're giving them. So these are some questions to consider in addition to that. Do you merely see your employees as just a necessary part of a structure that you need in place to make you money? In other words, they're the means to your personal financial end just to get to your profit. When it comes to value, when it comes to voice, have you ever been asked a question only to be cut off by the one who has, um, who then tells you the answer? Have you delegated a responsibility only to insert every detail of the task for them to do it? And then even to the point where you end up completing the task, have you involved your staff, your employees, even your customers, again, the key customers that you can trust in decision-making who comprises the leadership of your company or organization. And then when you really want to get down to something that says we value who we hire and then who we serve, whose culture and norms are actively operating. This is a lesson that I've learned when it comes to the kickback, because I call it a kickback. When you ask, how is it that you want something brand new to be sustained when everyone else has already had or what project or what program or what other uh, efforts and initiatives were started 100, 200, 50, even 20 years ago? I will leave you with this because when we talk about listening, it's very important so that again, you don't stay in that place where you have the excuse where we just couldn't do it. And then and if you are doing it, you're not doing something just for external image. Your commitment becomes real because your character is that you truly value who you have working for you. You value and even get to know your neighbors in the community where you have decided to set up business you don't just go in for the sake of getting customers and getting a business you go in because you have something to offer but you also expect that there are people who are in that community where you have set up shop and it could be even virtually but you know that there's also something you can learn from them Keep in mind that stakeholder views may be incompatible, um, but especially when it comes to public funding, we have to understand who actually gets access to the resources and whose culture will prevail in these cases. Listen and actually pay attention. 
listen to what you are hearing. And this is especially for those who may be employees, those who may be boards of directors, but they're operating with CEOs or they're operating with shareholders. What are the people actually saying? And if they're saying things that go against what can actually be happening, then that's the time to just stop where you are. And my family member, I was talking with my son today on some other things. He said, no, let's not stop and take a, take a step back. He said, no, cause we don't want to go back. Oh, he is so wise. He said, no, let's just stop where we are right now so that we can go forward properly. And uh, that's how I heard it. That's the lesson that I learned even from him because he was sharing some things even, um, before I made this recording that were teaching me. You will invest, not just financially, uh, in the people who are in place to facilitate your goals, but you will invest in who they are. Maybe they have a desire to have a degree. Maybe they have a desire to learn a new skill. You make that investment in them and you give them time to do it. That's something that really is not that hard to do. When we care about each other, when we think about the basic definition of something that can be sustained and what is maintained at length without interruption or weakening, that weakening part comes to the forefront. We get stronger when we care about each other. We get stronger when we actually pay attention to not just the budget that is allocated, but what are we using these funds to do? Are we doing justly with them? Are we actually accomplishing a goal? Last three things I will share. Review, take time to review your values and your mission statement. The second thing, consider your team and your staffing needs. And absolutely, yes, look at your budget allocation, but especially and particularly for the development of the people that you are leading. What are you investing in them? They're giving you their time. Yes, you may be paying them financially, but they're investing in you. They're hired there to work for you and hopefully with you. What are you going to invest back into them? And then what will you invest back into them without excuse? There are so many resources that are available. I definitely want to thank you for your time today. Thank you for listening. I hope that you've learned something from today, from the lessons that I've learned. And I can also tell you that when you shut down people because you have an excuse for why something can't happen, when that person knows that you can, you stifle the creativity and you actually put a silencer on them. And I, I'm saying that not with anything other than I experienced that. Every step of being told no, it's shut down do it this way. No, you get shut down. And it's not so much that any of us really can have a problem with hearing no. It's usually hearing the no when we know that there's a yes that can really happen. I want to thank you for taking time out to listen today. Thank you for taking time with the lessons we learned this Wednesday. We will be back again together next Wednesday with a new episode. From time to time, there will be bonus episodes that are posted here on the podcast. You are welcome to leave a message here. I'd love to hear your feedback, share your thoughts and your experiences with this, your solutions. Uh, they might be included in a future episode. Uh, 
And I also want to share that this kind of a training is available for your staff or your organization where we would go in much more depth in these topics and definitely customized to your needs. You can send an inquiry to train at knowledgefontlearning.com. That's knowledge, F-O-N-T, learning.com. I love teaching and facilitating workshops like this. But for now, I will leave you with this. Remember, we are people and we need to treat each other as such. Love your neighbors. Learn to love yourself. Care for the people that are in your life. And again, if it's feeling like it's a little weighty and heavy, find a reason to smile.